If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Acts, chapter 15. Uh, Turning there, I do want to remind us of the service today. And my plan is not to be before you very long, but we'll let God do what only he can do. Um, but um, the service today for Miss Marguerite, the visitation will begin at 1.30 and the funeral service will begin at 2.30. And with the service being that soon, we do, we do want to try to attempt to be timely. If you're turning your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 15 verses 36 through 41 is what we're going to look at and pay attention to today. Um, while you're turning there, <laughs> I read this story and it spoke to me. I hope it speaks to you in the same way it spoke to me. Uh, there was these two men who lived in a village and they got into a terrible dispute. So they decided they were going to talk to the town sage. Now a sage is that person who has distinguished themselves as being one who has wisdom. One who uh, shows good judgment. Well, these two men not being able to come to an agreement themselves decide they're going to this sage. One calls the sage on one evening and sage listens to his side of the story as he shared his side of the story the sage was right there with him and when he completed talking the sage looked at him and said you know you are absolutely right the next evening the other guy calls the sage and he tells him his side of the story as the sage is listening very intently, when the story is over, he says to this gentleman, you know, you are absolutely right. Now, the sage's wife, who had heard uh, her husband tell both these men, says, what's wrong with you? you? These two men come to you trusting your opinion and you've told them both that they were absolutely right. They have differing views. They can't be both absolutely right. He turns and looks at her and says, you know, you're absolutely right. <laughs> That's how it spoke to me. <laughs> when we think about agreeing to disagree, we have to really understand that the truth is we can find ourselves as followers of Christ looking at a situation differently. There are times when we can be so passionate about what we believe God is leading us to do that we're not able to reconcile the situation with someone who has an opposing view. There, there is a way to tell, however, if we're on the wrong side of right. And it's really simple. We have to have an honest conversation with ourselves. and We have to ask, is my stand about me getting what I want? Or am I standing for the furtherance of the gospel? What's simple about this is if my stand 
is about me and my desire, if my stand is about me getting what I want, if my stand is purely selfish, then I'm on the wrong side of right. But what happens when it's two Christians having different views and neither view having to do anything with being selfish? Both are genuinely concerned about the furthering of the gospel. How do we reconcile that? Well, in chapter 15 here, in verses 36 through 41, the Bible gives us an illustration of this. And the Bible tells us, starting in verse 36, then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of, our, of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, but Paul insisted, get that, Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention between became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul took Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. This is God's holy word. God, we thank you for this day that you have given us. God, we thank you for your truths. And we just pray right now, God, that you would minister to each and every heart that is here today. God, we are not able to do anything apart from you, but with you, through you, all things are possible. So God, we pray right now you would hide me behind the cross and that you would speak to your people. Allow this message to meditate or to to move and minister in each and every heart. And as it does, God, we're going to give you praise for what's accomplished. God, we pray that if there's one today who doesn't know you through your son, Jesus Christ, that today they would see a need to be saved. Today they would agree with you and that they need a savior and that Jesus is savior of the world. Today, God, we pray that they call upon you for forgiveness of their sin and call upon Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And we'll praise you for all that's accomplished. For God, we know you're faithful and just that if anyone calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So now you move upon each one today and we'll praise you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Paul and Barnabas had completed their first missionary journey. And while they were in Antioch, uh, men had been preaching and teaching that the Gentiles must be circumcised in order for them to be saved. Well, church leaders, Paul and some other church leaders were appointed to go to Jerusalem to address this issue about circumcision. After this was settled, Paul proposes to Barnabas that they to go visit and strengthen the believers and the churches that they had planted during their first missionary journey. 
Some scholars say there might have been about 10 years between the time they first went on their first journey to now. I'm not so sure exactly the length of time, but something something arose within Paul and within Barnabas to go and, and check on these churches and check on these believers. But a disagreement arose. What I tell you is that this disagreement was neither selfish nor was it self-deserving or, or self-serving. In other words, the disagreement was not about gaining authority. The disagreement was not about maintaining tradition in those churches. The disagreement was not, was not about jealousy. Their mission was very clear. They were going to visit and strengthen the believers that they had led to the Lord, and they were going to visit and strengthen the churches that they had planted. However, their method of accomplishing their mission was the source of their disagreement. So their difference in their message of reaching the people for the gospel led them to a point in their, in their friendship to where they had to agree to disagree. Now, when we think about this, we, we have to understand that, that with every born-again Christian, we're not going to always see eye to eye. We're not going to always see things the same way. We would think, and I believe the world believes, that every Christian, if they would just love, live, and share the gospel, that we wouldn't have any differences or we wouldn't have any disagreements. But that's just not the case. There are some who love, who live, and who share the gospel who would not agree with our method of worship here at Reedy Branch. Some would say that we're too structured and we don't allow the Holy Spirit enough room to move and minister to the people. Others would say that we're not structured enough, that we, we, we allow the Holy Spirit too much freedom to move and minister within the church. There are some that says the preacher don't get loud enough. There are others that says he's just too loud. He doesn't need to preach that way. Some says he's too passionate. Others says He's not passionate enough. Some say the choir sings too loud. Some says they don't sing enough. Some would say that they don't sing enough contemporary songs. Others would say they sing too many southern gospel songs. We're not going to always agree on the method of worshiping God. But what we should always agree on is the fact that of our mission in worshiping God. Our mission should always be, regardless of the music, regardless of the preacher, regardless of whether we shout or don't shout, the mission should be that we worship God in spirit and in truth. And we see that here in this passage to where Paul and Barnabas, they find themselves disagreeing on the method of, reach, of, of fulfilling this mission that they have. They're in full agreement of the mission, but they're not in agreement in how to carry out the mission. 
So we see their disagreement. Here Barnabas, he believed the best way to accomplish the task was to take John Mark along with them. However, Paul saw Mark as a deserter. As a matter of fact, if we would actually look in chapter 13 and verse 13, the Bible tells us here in the book of Acts, in 13 and 13, it says, Now when Paul and his party set sail for Pathos, they come to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Here they are, getting right in the midst of, of this mission work, and John Mark decides, this ain't for me. I'm not going to be here. We don't know exactly why he left, but he, we know he left. We don't know what took place other than the fact that he left. He deserted them in the midst of, of this mission um, work. It appears here that Paul believed that Mark just wasn't cut out for the mission field. Or at least he, he wasn't prepared to trust John Mark. This was a sensitive time. If we read, we find everything that Paul went through while on the mission field. We find that he was snake bitten. We find that he was in prison. We find that, that he was shipwrecked. We find, he, we find all sorts of things that, that, that Paul went through. He was beaten and left for dead. And here we see, Paul sees, if we're going to be on this mission field, we've got to have committed people. And Mark hasn't proved himself to be committed. Well, I can't say that scripture says this, but it really appears that Mark had made his case to Barnabas. That Mark had recommitted his life to, to follow God's call to the mission field. It appears that Mark, he wants a second chance to redeem himself, to prove himself. Mark actually wants to go on this trip. And it just makes sense that he would have went to Barnabas rather than Paul. It makes sense because Barnabas is called the son of consolation. Barnabas was the one who was always willing to reach out to help those who were under attack. As a matter of fact, if we remember, it was Barnabas that went to Paul's defense when the other apostles wanted nothing to do with him. It was Barnabas that stood up for Paul when others were afraid of him because of his past life. And now Barnabas is the one who's defending John Mark from Paul. We have to realize that Barnabas loved Paul dearly. He had been a spiritual father a spirit, or a spiritual brother, whichever you want to call it, to Paul. More than anyone else, he had witnessed the gifts that God had poured upon Paul in order for Paul to take the lead in worldwide evangelism. Barnabas rejoiced. He didn't just witness what God was doing through Paul, but he rejoiced in all that he witnessed God doing through Paul. Paul. He wasn't jealous. He wasn't upset. He didn't feel slighted. He didn't feel like Paul was getting more recognition than him. He rejoiced in all that Paul was accomplishing. If you remember in Corinth, they weren't arguing over Barnabas preaching the gospel. They were arguing over Paul, Peter, and Apollos. But Barnabas didn't have no issue with that. Barnabas never would have opposed Paul without him being sorely convinced that he was right. And one thing we've got to remember is that we're all flawed people. 
We, are, we who have been born again have a nature within us and it's still within us that is selfish. And it's warring against a new nature that God is creating in us. This selfish nature is not, not only produces a war within us, but it also desires to have us war against one another. As a matter of fact, it does this so that, that we will show the world that all we want is what we want. It will show the world that, that God has, has uh, called us and, and people can't put their faith in God because of, of the things that we're doing. They're doing everything they can. Our enemy is to discredit our God and to use us for it. So with this in mind, we must always search our hearts and make sure that the differences that we have with others are pure. We must make sure our differences with others is unselfish. We may not always agree. And I'm learning that when I disagree with someone, my first prayer to God must be for God to show me if I am right or wrong. And then have enough of God in me to go if I am wrong and make it right with them. Because until I get it right with someone else, I'm not going to be right with God. If I'm wrong because of my own selfish desires, it's simple. I just need to repent. And I need to seek forgiveness. However, if I'm convinced by God through the power of the Holy Spirit that I'm right, and so the one I so is the one I'm disagreeing with, then we have to make a decision. We can't live in that disagreement for all our lives. There comes a time when we'll have to make a decision. And we see that takes place. The only decision these two could make was to go in different directions. They were going to go different ways. The Bible says here that their contentions became so sharp that they parted from one another. The word sharp or the phrase of, of sharp contentions, it carries the idea of, di of differing to the point of suffering pain. So it seems that both Paul and Barnabas was hurting over this. It seems that each one was convinced that he was right before the Lord. So I can only imagine that they both strongly argued their position to one another. Now, this doesn't mean that they were using sharp words toward each other. Because Christians, we, we would never do that, right? We shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't try to use words to hurt people. But oftentimes, we're hurt by someone just not seeing it the way I see it. We're hurt that they could, that I could be so right with God and they could be so wrong with God in our minds. In our minds, we, we think that way. And I, I can imagine with Paul and Barnabas, both of them really believed they were right. Besides, Barnabas just wanted to help someone mature in Christ. And Paul just says, hey, he's left us. 
We've got a work to do. We got to be about God's business. How can we be about his business? And he's leaving us. We're tr- How can we trust him to fulfill his obligation? Because if we don't work as a team, it's not going to be accomplished. So we can see both sides, can't we? I imagine they were hurt. These are two men who traveled together. Went through troubled times together. Prayed together. Encouraged one another. Cried together. Feared for their life together. And trusted God together. And now they just cannot get on the same path. But they're opposing positions and convictions we can see that they must have been cutting them to the heart you've been there with your children or with a neighbor or with a family member or with a friend that you were doing your best to help them but they couldn't see it and it just cut you to the heart that they thought you were out to hurt them rather than help them. That's where I, it's, it appears both these men were. Yeah, remember Paul owed so much to Barnabas. He would never have allowed a disagreement to divide them unless he was convinced that he was right. Barnabas loved Paul so much that he believed in his heart he was right also. And the only way they could reconcile this disagreement was to agree to disagree and to split up the ministry. So Barnabas took John Mark with him and Paul took Silas along with him. But what we must take note of is as difficult as this had to have been, as exhausting as this had to have been, they continued on. Discouragement and depression could have set in with them. But Paul and Barnabas remained faithful to the Lord and to his call upon their lives. I think we've got to keep that in the forefront of our minds. Who is it that we that's been faithful to us? And who are we called to be faithful to? I think too often we get faithful to a church that's not feeding us. We get faithful to a place where we're not growing and we're just, we're, 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 we're dying up, drying up within. And we're, instead of being faithful to God in what he may be doing, we think, well, maybe God's going to open, open things up here. Sometimes... We just have to go the other way. We've seen it around Robinson County. It appears this happens a lot, don't it? Yeah, I mean, we see church splits everywhere all the time. Almost every month there's a new church starting up because they've broken off from another church. Not because of a church plant, but because of a church split. We see this so often. And what we're quick to do, what I've been quick to do, and what I've had to repent about, It's passing judgment. Because if I'm not in the center of it, I don't know what's going on. And really, if I'm not in the center of it, it ain't none of my business. It's my job to pray for them. We must remember, life is just unpredictable. 
Our best laid plans are subject to be changed in a moment. At any time, we could be forced to just start over and scrap whatever plan that we had. We have to rethink things from time to time to accomplish the task that we've been given us. Or we can find ourselves making adjustments on the go. Either way, we're forced to decide how we're going to keep going or if we're going to just throw in the towel. But we must remember change is not our enemy. As a matter of fact, we are not each other's enemy. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy has principle, has principalities. Our enemy has powers. Our enemies has rulers of darkness. Our enemy has a spiritual host of wickedness. Our enemy will try to discourage, disappoint, and depress us in order to stop us from continuing on with what God has called us to do, which is to love, to live, and to share the gospel. Or any would rather us focus on our disagreements so that we will make poor decisions. But we continue to, fo- but when we continue to focus on the mission of being a witness, when we continue to focus on the work for our God that He's called us to, if we continue to focus on worshiping Him in spirit and in truth, then we can continue to move forward regardless of all the other stuff that is taking place. Folks, sometimes when we have a disagreement that can't be reconciled, we just got to move on so we can move on. If we remain faithful to Christ and the mission that he's given us, then we can trust that he will remain faithful to us and bless the work That he has put before us. Don't forget the key to this. You better know you're on the right side of right. Because if you're on the wrong side of right. Then we must repent. But if we're completely convinced. That this is what God would have us to do then maybe he's doing something bigger than what we can see. (laughs) Maybe he's doing something greater than what we realize. And maybe he's using us to accomplish a greater task. I'm I'm just convinced. I'm, I'm simple enough to believe the word of God. And the Bible tells me in Romans 8 and 28 that all things will work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And if we'll follow him, he's going to work it out. God's faithful. Although Paul and Barnabas had separated, their ministry doubled. God's faithful. They made the decision they could not continue together. They separated. But Paul Barnabas took John Mark with him. Paul took Silas with him. Instead of two going out, uh, blazing the trail of the mission fields, you had four going out. And twice the work could be done with four than with only two. No, those boys, when they were hurting, they couldn't see that. But God knew all along (laughs) what was going on. Maybe this was the only way to get them two to separate. That they were going to stand firm on what they believed God would have them to do. If we're going to reach the community, if we're going to reach the, the county, if we're going to reach the state, if we're going to reach the nation, if we're going to reach the world, everybody's not coming to Reedy Branch Baptist Church, are they? 
So we should rejoice with these other churches. We should celebrate with them. When they have victories, Reedy Branch needs to be a church in the community that celebrates other churches' victories. (laughs) And when they have defeats, that we lift them up. We cry along with them and we pray for them. Reedy Branch becomes known for that. (laughs) We'll be the church that God would have us to be, regardless of what the numbers look like. Let's continue. Let's continue to move forward. When unexpected change takes place, let's focus on the ministry and not the change. And I believe God will strengthen the ministry. Yes, these guys weren't competing with one another. They went in different directions. Barnabas went toward his hometown, the area that he knew best. And Paul went toward his hometown, the area he knew the best. And they were able to do so much more in the same amount of time. Yes, whatever we do, Reedy Branch, let's never lose sight of the mission. Along the way, we're going to change some methods. Along the way, along the way, things aren't going to always look the way they look. We're going to do some things that we've never done before. (laughs) We're... Have we not done some things we've never done before? Along the way, we're going to sing songs we've never sung before. Along the way, we're going to preach messages you've never heard. And we're going to preach them in, in, in different fashions in which you've, you've never seen. But if we keep the mission before us, the methods will not divide us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Unsaved today, if you're faced with, you are faced with a decision, whether you realize it or not, you, you're faced with a decision. Are you going to leave this place today the same way you came? Or are you going to give your life to Jesus Christ? The decision is to choose Christ who loves you so much that he left the splendor of heaven to come to this sin-cursed world to give his life as a ransom for you? Or will you choose an enemy who is seeking to destroy you? Jesus went away to prepare a place for you. And there is a place that is prepared for you. Will you receive that place? Because there is another place. It wasn't prepared for you. It was prepared for our enemy and his followers. But for some reason, it's enlarging itself. A place that wasn't prepared for them. But you have a decision to make. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God, if you believe that he came to this sin-cursed world, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on an old rugged cross, if you believe that he arose on the third day, then that's the hard part about being saved. If you believe that, then all you must do is confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. For if you believe he is Savior, 
Why would you not serve him? So the decision you have to make is, will I serve the one who died for me? Or will I continue to serve the one who wants to destroy me? That choice is up to you as they begin to sing this song of invitation. This time, this moment right now is for you. As the church is praying, not only that we would we would never be divided by frivolous things, but they're also praying for you that you would not allow the enemy to destroy you, but that you would choose life and let Jesus deliver you. Would you today? Would you today receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior?